I'm Enzo. And I'm Reina. And this is the Date Night Horror Show. <laughs> nice. So this episode is part two of New Millennium Horror. So now we're going to start talking about everything from 2000 to 2009. Yep. So welcome back, and we're excited to do a second part of the millennial horror list for you. I gotta say, the last episode we just did was so much fun for me, because I feel like we both brought up stuff that we were both super passionate about, and you surprised me with a few... I'm still mad that I forgot about Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, that one's a good one. Hopefully I have a couple of those in this list as well. Yeah, yeah, I hope so too. Again, I'm... It's doing this podcast has really reignited. Well, I mean, my passion for horrors has always been there, but really, I'm now I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like simmering in the juices of it. Like I just, Ew. I'm so obsessed with it now, um, even more so than I usually am. Yeah, I'm uh, the list. This time, the list was kind of easier than the last list. I felt there were more in the last list that were hard to choose from. Although I did come up with 15 initially on this list, but I tried it you, down to Would you 10. say it was easier for you because there were less? There were less. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, I thought that too, which again makes me feel like, yeah, we are hitting a renaissance. You know, like I, I was looking for, for uh, stuff for us to, look, to, to, for us to watch, you know, in recent new stuff. And I keep finding more and more stuff that's just really different and interesting. So I really feel that horror is hitting a renaissance and I'm so excited about it. And I'm, I'm glad we have a forum to talk about it too. Yeah, I definitely feel like that there are a lot better quality horror films now coming up. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. So are you ready? Are you ready uh, to, I am to ready. slap I feel like it to some me? Of them, I feel like some of them we're going to have in common, but Okay, we'll see. you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do when you when that happens... I'm just going to skip that one and move to my next one. That way we have, we give the listeners more, you know, we talk about more different okay. types of horror movies. But I agree with you. I think a lot of them, we're, we are going to have the same. Yeah. But go ahead. Okay. Do it. So I guess the first one I'll do, um, which I'm sure is expected from you, is The Descent. Ugh. So it's 2005. It, I love this movie because... It's creepy. It's women. Um, so those of you who haven't seen it, it's about a group of women that like to do extreme, um, like caving. And yeah, spelunking. Yeah. yeah. And yeah cave, di- cave, not cave diving, cave exploring. Cave exploring, yeah. yeah. And so they go on this off-the-beaten-path type of cave spelunking or whatever he said. <laughs> and, um, I just know that from and- <laughs> video games. There's a game called Spelunker, Spelunky and like... Anyway, <laughs> yeah, mansplaining. Anyway, uh, sorry. So, then, <laughs> so anyway, they go down there and they find all this evil stuff going on and monsters and yeah, it's great. It's so creepy. It's just so creepy. Has some dark, humorous parts. Yeah, it, it. it's. I I love the descent. I think the all female cast creates such a cool dynamic, and then um, the relationship stuff. In there, you know the yeah. Again, you have the survivor relationship. Well, I mean, you have the the two women with history and kind yeah. of what's going on. Again, I'm going to keep it vague because I want if people who haven't seen it. I want them to kind of experience it from the first 
but yeah, there's all this, there's all this great. You have to see it. If you have not seen The Descent, please see it. It's such a good horror movie. Yeah. And, and the reason I reacted when you said The Descent being your first, it's my number three. (laughs) I know. I love, I knew that would be one of them. I love The Descent. I think it's so good. And, um, they made a Descent 2. And that one isn't as good as the first one, but but there's one scene in the second one that I raised my hands when I saw it. And I'm like, that's worth the price of admission right there because it's so gross and creepy. It's a really gross scene. So if you watch Descent 2 and you you experience a very gross scene, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but But go see the, I mean, find it. Um, I'm not, I tried to see if it was on Netflix. I didn't see it, but. Try to find it. It's a really good yeah, horror movie. Yeah, it's awesome. They should continue that series, too, because... I agree. They only did a couple, and I could see them doing more. Yeah. Yeah. They left it open-ended on yeah. the second one, too, so... Mm-hmm. All right, what about you? What's, cool. What's your first one? So, um, my first one is Frailty. Oh, I forgot about that one. Frailty is so, so good and so unique. Um, basically, frailty is about uh, a widowed parent, uh, a father, who's raising his two boys in kind of a farming community uh, area. And you can tell just in the early scenes that they're all really, really close, and they are, they have a they have a very functional relationship, and that's that's really great to see. Um, Bill Paxton plays. Uh, the father and he's fantastic. I've always loved him. God rest his soul. He 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 died too young. Um, but anyway, so this father raising his two boys, he starts to have visions that he feels are from God, telling him that a, a pending war between humanity and demons um, is happening on Earth, and that he and his sons need to be part of it, and need to fight for God. So creepy. <laughs> it's so creepy. It's, it's amazing, because you have one sibling who, who is younger, who believes everything, who believes everything the father is telling mm-hmm. him, and then you have the older sibling who's a little more seasoned, and he's like, oh man, is dad, is dad starting to lose his mind? And that's it. That's all I'm going to explain because this movie is so great and and um, it's really dynamic the way the story is told. Um, yeah. There's flashbacks, you know, there's current day and then flashbacks to childhood and it, it keeps you guessing throughout. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's a fantastic horror movie and it got overlooked. It really you, you did. Know, yeah, because there's people I'll talk to and I'm like, you know, have you seen Frailty? Like, what? And yeah, it just got overlooked. And it's another one of those movies that should have had more sequels. I thought I thought it was the way it's set up, the way it ends, and everything. It's it could it could continue. The story could continue. Yeah. Um, Man, I'm mad at myself. I forgot about that one. Highly recommend Frailty. It's a good one. Frailty reminds me of a, a great Stephen King story. Like it it has yeah. that kind of character and humanity. And storytelling. And, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's got a great cast. Ma- Matthew McConaughey's in it. Oh, right. Um, yeah, it's it's really really great. So look for it. Uh, I'm sure it's. I Somewhere. think it was. I think it was on Netflix. Netflix recently. If not, get it on Amazon. Rent it on Amazon. It's worth it. It's great. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, what's your next one? Okay, Is mine are in no particular order, by the way. Yeah, same here. Okay, same here. So my next one is The Ruins. Oh my God, I love The Ruins. 2008. So The Ruins are about a group of friends that go to Mexico to to the pyramids, I believe. Yeah, it's Exploring. I I'm I you never cease to surprise me. I I I loved The Ruins, and I I wasn't sure if you liked it as much as I did, but it, it I guess awesome. you did. Yeah, it was awesome, really and it good. was carnivorous vines. Mm-hmm intelligent yeah it, it's creepy i know yeah. i say that a lot but it really was creepy um just because it wasn't an actual like person or yeah or it's it's like the plant life that has intelligence and yeah it's thirst for oh blood. my god it's oh my it's like it's like um a uh, little shop of horrors yeah <laughs> audrey too like that kind of man-eating plant but the the <laughs> vines are all over the ruins um, where these teenagers go to kind of see, you know, see the history, indigenous history. Yeah. And they have no idea that they are in a spider web of things trying to eat them. And yeah, it's so clever. Again, it's one of those teenager movies that really, really, really pays off. Yeah. And is very brutal at times. Very like, brutal. Oh. And I just, I really, I just, again, really like about it is that it's just different. From other horror movies because yeah. it's not a person, serial killer, yeah, cannibal or whatever. It's 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 really yeah, and clever. and the plants are sentient, which is yeah absolutely terrifying. And they have all these little devices. Again, I'm going to keep it vague. Different ways to kind of lure their prey yeah. into their clutches. And ooh, it's, oh it's, man, it's so eerie. It's really eerie. Oh man. That's that's such a cool one. I I love that one. Has that drive-in thing too? Oh, for sure. Like yeah, it's, it's like just smart enough, but doesn't take itself too seriously. But yeah. it's really effective. Awesome. So um, look for it if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Good one. That's great. Now your turn. Let's see. Um. So, my next one is Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, that's on my list too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. And and it's funny because I've talked to people about Penn's Labyrinth and some friends of mine disliked it, which which I think is crazy. <gasps> what? But I realized why they they were expecting a certain kind of movie. And, they didn't know it was a horror movie. Well, it kind. I mean, it is a horror movie. It has definitely has very shocking horror yeah. movie elements. Um, but then it has it's mixed with a coming of age story, childhood yeah. story. Um, and so I think they were expecting like Alice in Wonderland and they oh. weren't expecting, yeah, the you know, horror parts. the horror parts. Um, so it's about, um, this family, uh, mother, daughter, and, uh, a new stepfather. <clears throat> He's a commander, uh, in the Spanish civil war and, um, they, they're uprooted and they have to kind of live somewhere else, um, and then you see kind of what's going on with the little girl coping with all these new changes um, in her life. Stepfather's evil. The stepfather, oh man, he's like the ultimate macho jerk. Like, yeah. And not only that, he's he's actually very, very cruel and brutal. Um, I think the war has kind of elevated all that. Yeah, definitely. What What's so great about... Guillermo del Toro is that he's willing to mix genres. He does this with Shape of Water. He's done the he's done this with Devil's Backbone, and Pan's Labyrinth is probably my favorite film of his. 
um, because he shows how something like childhood um, at, a, at a certain point comes head on with the real world. And I feel like this movie is about that. Yeah. Um, I would say what I loved about it the most is that I'm a girl. I'm the girl who hates watching trailers. I know I've mentioned this before. So when we went to go see Pan's Labyrinth in the theater, I knew nothing about it. I didn't yeah, even know who neither. Guillermo del Toro was. Um, yeah, you did. Not really. Oh, okay. Not really. Not in this. In this. Not really. Not as. Not as. He's no. not. Wasn't as famous. Yeah. No. And we went to go see the movie, and I think what drew Enzo to it was the beauty of it. Yeah. Um. So he's Again, like, "Come he's on, always, let's just go see it. Let's go see it." Beautiful. And I remember seeing it and being completely blown away. Yeah. Completely it, blown away. When we saw it, it was. I I remember leaving the theater and saying, "This may be the." The greatest Spanish-speaking yeah. film I've ever seen, one, and this is the the best movie I've seen in the in the last ten years. Definitely. And then, ugh, with the horror elements, it's yeah. like it's it's got to be on my list. the The film isn't constant horror, but there are enough horror elements to classify it for me as an artful, amazing horror film. Definitely. What I liked about it too was for me not not a lot of movies stay with me. Yeah. Like I can go enjoy them and then. Yeah, I'll get creeped out if I hear noises or whatever. But this one really stayed with me for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I I, th- I kept thinking about it over and over again. And and the story is, yeah, it just it just it's so gripping and you know, the you just you care about the characters and yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's an amazing film, much less a horror movie, but yeah, it had to get on my list cuz yeah. it was it was so good. Um that was 2006. Right. For that one. Okay. Give me your next one. Well, since we're talking about Guillermo del Toro, oh. I have to do The Devil's Backbone. Oh, you did? You really? You did, yeah. You're doing Backbone? Oh, man. El Espinazo de da, del Diablo. Uh-huh. Um, 2001. That was probably the first time I saw a Guillermo del Toro movie. Yeah, that I think that is for me, too. No. No, I remember seeing Kronos. And that's that's oh. the movie that kind of helped get him. You, you'd remember it. But if anyway, go ahead. Um, so Devil's Backbone is another Spanish language movie. Um, really good, very creepy. So it's about a little boy that ends up um, in the orphanage after his father dies in the war. Yeah, again, Spanish Civil War. Mm-hmm. I I almost feel like they're end pieces. They they yeah, yeah. they're kind of brother and sisters to each other. Those two movies. Except it's not as fantasy. Yeah. As Pan's Labyrinth, mm-hmm. it, like it doesn't have that the beautiful. Yeah. That part of it, but it's really creepy, and all these horrible things happen to this poor kid in this orphanage. They're just oof. yeah. I, I I feel like the theme there is how children they kind of get at the worst uh, during war. A lot of the times, yeah, they're kind of pushed to the side and kind of neglected and forgotten. Um, I think Pan's Labyrinth has that as well. But yeah, the Devil's Backbone is amazing, and the horror moments. Again, he's... Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He can't hide his horror. Yeah. Like he, he knows and loves, you know, how to scare people and make things creepy. Yeah. So. That was a really creepy one. That one kind of stayed with me, too, a little after a minute, uh, for a while, because it uh-huh. was really creepy. Yeah. That one that one is a, is a surprise. Yeah, that's really? cool that you, you brought it up. Yeah. It's a good one. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, <clears throat> okay. So, <laughs> to completely shift things around... Uh, my next choice is Wolf Creek. Oh, you're choosing all on my list. <laughs> Just go down further. Darn it. You, you've been choosing mine too. But 
Um, yeah, Wolf Creek. Oh my God. So Oof. Wolf Creek um, takes place in Australia, and uh, it is a slasher film. But I think what's so interesting about the slasher and and um, who he is. Uh, he's almost like a Crocodile Dundee type, you yeah. know, like this outdoorsman, super jovial and friendly, but he just wants to kill people. And he gets he dark enjoys, real quick, though. He, yeah, he wants to hunt and kill people. And I remember watching that movie and going, oh my God, like, I would have fallen for this because, I mean, I... I liked him the first moment, like yeah. once he's talking to you and stuff, <laughs> like he's talking to, yeah, I know you're like, oh yeah, my guard's down too. And then all of a sudden he does something so brutal yeah, and you're like, oh man, the kills are um, so brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's one of those movies, it's one of those horror movies. I'm going to, I'm going to try and keep it vague for anyone who hasn't, that breaks a lot of convention as well. Um, <laughs> it's not trying to make you happy. That's for sure. No. So, um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was really, really, really scary. Yes. Yeah. Do not watch the series before you watch the movie. Yeah. Yeah. The shutter series. We, we've yeah. been watching that and that's actually pretty good. But, um, yeah, that, that was my next choice. Man, that one was mine too. <laughs> All right. So let me see if I can. So, you know me. Miss Zombie, love zombies. Oh, uh, you're going to take my next one, aren't you? Go ahead. I love zombies. <laughs> Dead Snow. Dead Snow. 2009. Wow. Okay. You didn't remember Dead Snow? Uh, I, I, for some reason, I would think Dead Snow was in, was was in uh, a later decade. 2009. But that, that 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 makes sense. That fits. So, so Dead Snow is Nazi zombies. Yeah. Which is even scarier. Yeah, that is pretty scary. And what I like about them, too, is the design of the zombies is really different than zombies that we're used to. Yeah. But creepy nonetheless. And yeah. then throwing in the the Nazi element is just makes it all that more Yeah, and, and it's a Nordic horrific. horror movie. I think it's um, uh, Norwegian. Yeah. And it has a, it has a humor element to yeah. it, which I like, which to me turns it into kind of a drive-in horror, but not... Not to put it down at all. I, I found it really entertaining and a lot of fun. It was a fun zombie movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a thing for Nazi zombies. I think I think combining the two is, is yeah. Well, it's, just it's, they had the brutality of the Nazi. Yeah. Nazis. And the, then you combine uh-huh, it the with infamy, the zombies. Yeah. 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 It was good. So that's a good, it's a fun one. If you like zombies. If you're obsessed with zombies like I am, you have to watch that one. But now you have to give me your zombie one because now I'm curious that I didn't uh, choose it. Actually, that's the one on my list. So oh, that's, really? that's the okay. one next on my list. So since we're in this kind of zombie mode, um, my choice is 28 days later, 20, 28 weeks later. <laughs> that's on my list, too. This <laughs> is course. horrible. It's not a good, this is not a good show. We're agreeing too much. Okay, that's fine. Well, okay, well, maybe one thing I can say about my choice there is that I, th- I preferred 28 weeks later more than 28 days later. I felt like the film as a hmm. whole worked better. And because I feel like uh, 28 Days Later started off so strong and then kind of petered out towards the end. Um, but I felt 28 Weeks Later was pretty effective all the way through. And the first 15 minutes of 28 Weeks Later is That's true. It, it grabs you, shakes you, <laughs> like shakes you hard, you yeah. know, and like f- discards you in a gutter, you know. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, my God, like that 
that visceral beginning of that movie, I just I've never forgotten it. Um, and the actors are are really well chosen, really great uh, in their roles. Um, and you know, I'm glad I'm glad that the the runners, the running zombies, didn't overtake the stumblers because I still prefer stumbling zombies. Yeah. Um, it was a good it was a good combo though. Yeah, but I don't mind it every so often, yeah. especially if it's done as well as these two movies have done it. Um, and again, they they kind of coined it, you know, they they kind of ushered it in. So yeah, I would say those two movies. Uh, yeah, Twenty Eight Days Later was also on my list. What did you have? Twenty Eight Days or Twenty Eight Weeks? Twenty Eight Days. Okay. I cool. like the original. I like them both, but I I also like the original. I just maybe just because it was the first one we saw. Yeah. Um, but I th- I. I thought the stories held up in both, but I just, I'm a zombie girl, man, so it's, it's hard to not, Yeah, there's very few that, for me, are <laughs> as long as Yeah, as long as, as long as they're good and kind of pay respect to it, you know, yeah, cool. Um, are you ready for your next one? Yes. The Midnight Meat Train. Oh, shit. It, that was, that was lower on my list, but I don't think it I made my 10, but yeah, that was good. Sorry, it's 2008. Yeah. Believe it or not, it's with Bradley Cooper. which is weird um i remember when we were gonna watch this i was like midnight meat train what the heck are you doing and so and the the only reason i found it is um it's i think the original story is written by clive barker yeah and um it it had kind of been swept under the rug i had not heard of it and so when we saw it it was probably 2014 when we saw it. yeah it it was it was fairly in the last few years yeah recent. But it's about a, a guy who is a photographer, and he wants to take, he's taking pictures in one of his, or he takes photographs of, you know, real life. Yeah. And so he decides to kind of explore the darker side of humanity. Yeah. And he starts, he hears about a, a, serial, a bunch of killings happening on a subway. Yeah. And, and so he goes to try to capture that, and then... I mean, leave it to Clive Barker to, to make a protagonist... That, that is an artist. Like he's yeah. tr- he's just trying to push his his own abilities and right. really photograph things that you know that have a um, provocative quality to it. I I, lo- I love that about Clive Barker is that he introduces things into horror that not everyone does. And I thought that was a really cool element. Yeah, and then just the way the story evolves is really good, and what happens to him as a photographer and taking these photographs and yeah it's, and it's just a really good and it, again there's like this story. great there's like this great um juxtaposition between him <laughs> being this artiste you know trying yeah. to do what he's trying to do and then what's really going on and what he stumbles upon and how you know almost grindcore it is you know it's it's pretty nasty and and yeah. and gory um those two combine together Again, that's that's the great Clive Barker. Like yeah. he's he's so good. But if you haven't seen it or was turned off by the name of it, check it out because it is a good one. <laughs> yeah. I know it's a weird title, but it's yeah. a really good film. Yeah, yeah, man. They they should have thought about that a little more because like Hell Hellraiser is uh, is based off of um, the Hellbound Heart. Yeah, and I think Hellraiser sounds like a horror movie title. And Midnight Meat Train, yeah. Uh, Sounds like a porno. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It totally does. <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know. It just, it doesn't depict 
the elegant elements of the story because there's it's porno for the horror fan. There's definitely a lot there, but yeah, cool. I, I love that. That's that's an awesome choice. Again, it's lower in my list, but still, you know, still there in my radar. Okay, your turn. So my next one, it's like this little little movie that that I just champion whenever I can, is called Splinter, <clears throat> and it's from two thousand eight. Okay. Do you remember that one? Splinter. No. Splinter. Yeah, it's about um, it's about this couple that are going camping, and um, the guy he's sort of a he's sort of a dot com professional type, you know, like a tech guy, and then his girlfriend she's the one who wants to camp, so she she kind of grew up camping, and he's trying to keep her from you know he doesn't really want to go camping; he wants to stay in a hotel. So, um, but um, so finally they decide to do that, and then they meet another couple that is on the run. And they're criminals. Um, does that, does that, not ring like one bell. Okay. So what happens is they encounter some sort of creature. This, these four people encounter this creature on the road as part of de- like a roadkill. Um, and it's this being, this thing that takes over your body and it has little splinters on it. And then it pretty much devours you. So it's almost like a an update of the Blob, or um, <laughs> you're looking at me like you've I never seen no this movie. I have no idea what you're talking about. This, is, so this movie's weird. amazing. So I'm have to go back and watch it. I just, I, it's not not ringing a bell. So like how the Blob kind of devours people and then takes them over and then it become you become part of the Blob. It's a similar sort of thing, but this is like this splintery. You're not sure if it's an alien. You're not sure if it's like some sort of biological uh, experiment. They kind of allude to that, but you're not really quite sure. Um, so anyway, um, they ha- they kind of deal with the situation, and then they have to kind of go to this gas station, and then all hell breaks loose there. And I'll kind of stop there. I feel like I went too far in the, the description. Um, only because he's trying to make sure I know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so, um, one thing I can say about this movie is that uh, I think the thing that I really like about it is that it reminds me of John Carpenter's The Thing. And, you know, I, I absolutely worship that movie. And it's, it's very rare when you see uh, a modern horror movie that really kind of pulls off that same sort of horror that specific kind of grotesque horror again Hmm. when this creature takes over another body it's it splits that person apart and takes parts and and then when that thing's walking around it's like part of a head and part of a hand and part of another it it's awesome it it is awesome why am i brain farting on this movie i'm telling you it's one of those great horror movies that got overlooked uh, the cast is really good too. It's a very small kind of small group of actors, but each one is really really good in their role. Um, and the mo- the movie is not too uh, complicated. You know, it's a very simple setup. Yeah. Um, but the creature is really cool. And if you look at the creature, you can tell. Okay, that this is practical makeup. Okay, they did the, probably did this with CG. The CG is really subtle. Um, they don't use CG to create the whole effect. You know, they use the actors, they use parts of the... Uh, it's, it's really, really cool. Hmm. And one of those, like, drive any 
fun, super fun, but scary horror movies. Splinter, look for it. It's I'm gonna look really for it because I swear to God, I don't know what you're talking <laughs> Maybe about. Maybe you fell asleep. You you tend to do Maybe. that. Maybe well, I'm horrible when we watch movies. <laughs> we I'll have to look at it. Okay. Do you have your next one? Yes, and this is my last one because you took like all of mine. Oh, you. Uh, but go ahead and uh, dip into your extras. But I didn't. I didn't keep my extras. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll bring up some. Okay. But. So my 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 last one was American Psycho. Ugh. I that one's on my list too. It is a lower, a bit lower, but yeah, it's on my list. American Psycho. So I love me some Christian Bale because I think he's a really good actor. He's he's great. And um, you can't fake that kind of intensity. No. Yeah. And so uh, if you haven't seen it, um, it's it's about this this douche bag business guy that wants to just Stock, really fit in. Yeah. He's yeah. a stockbroker and he just really wants to fit in no matter what. Yeah. And it's like, it's just really clever. Lee done like the competition and the banter between all the rich snob assholes. Oh, it's amazing. It's, and then he's a serial a killer by night. So yeah. It's, yeah, it's definitely a dark comedy. Yeah. There's, there are moments that are absolutely hilarious. Yeah hilarious like but the, then it kicks you in the ass there's this there's this business card scene oh that, my god veil oh veil makes that scene yeah. the look on his face oh man you if you've seen the movie you know actors. what i'm talking and there's about there's a lot but, of there's a, a uh-huh. lot of decent actors in that um great soundtrack too great yeah it's a good 80s yeah. soundtrack but yeah it has some funny moments when he's his by day person and then kicks you in the ass when he turns into the serial killer yeah and it, and it has this great um, sub theme of you know, once you become so successful and you're young and you have money and you have everything, do you start to become insensitive to everyone? You know, yeah. do you, do you become a monster and feel you know? like you're untouchable? Yeah, and yeah, it's it's really really good. And um, it was directed by a woman too. And I feel oh, like yeah, that's right. there's a lot of nuance that that she brought to the to the directing, and you know. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic. Like I loved yeah. it. I remember when American Psycho the novel came out, one of my friends was reading it and he was describing it to me and I'm like, "Wow, that sounds like an amazing horror movie." <laughs> and, I, and I never got around to reading it, but then we saw we saw the film and I thought it was so so funny and dark and yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah, it's a good one. Really good one. Yeah. Very unique. Very yeah. unique. I like it. I like yeah. the combination of it. Yeah, that was that's great. <laughs> okay, give it to me. Okay, so my next one is Saw. Uh, you know I had Saw in mine. That, that's one of the ones I took off. The first Saw. Yeah, the first. See, one. But we can't, we can't uh, punish. <laughs> We can't punish oh, a, mo- a movie when uh, about there's beating a dead horse. Yeah, sub- think about the first one. The, the way, first one was good. The way how clever and unique and different the first one was. And then uh, some of the shocks and deaths in that movie. Yeah. And then the, the ending was really shocking, too. Um, yeah, I feel like Saw came out of nowhere and created a whole other subgenre. It really did. You know, I, I, Unfortunately, the imitators, they're kind of not nearly as clever and, you know, well thought out. So... But I, I had, the collector. Yeah, yeah, that one, that one is good. Um, I had to mention Saw because I, I really like the first one. I had it on my list too because of that. Because I remember watching it, and I remember just even the first ten minutes of Saw. I was like, "What the yeah. hell am I watching?" Yeah, 
Yeah. And it's difficult for me because I'm not a big torture horror fan. But that one was like... Well, it's it's really? the same thing that it's like what I always say with found footage. The the gimmick, the story element for found footage can't just be found footage. Yeah. The, the saw it can't just be torture porn. You know, like it saw has a very very clever um, villain yeah. to it, and so clever that you're like, oh man, there's no way I'm gonna outsmart this guy. I'm screwed. You know. And you do have that. It's sense so too. grim. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I. I no, that was a good one. Yeah, I one. did have it on my list. Yeah, that's really good. Um, one of the other ones I had on my list, but I took it off. If you remember Dark Water. Uh huh. I remember Dark Water. Yeah. It was like I liked it, but I don't know if it was good enough to be on my list. But I had put it on there and taken it off a couple of times. Dark Water. Um, do you want to describe it? Yeah. So it's a. It's about a single mom and her son that move into an apartment complex. Yeah. Um, and then all this crazy horror stuff happens. Yeah. And and um, it's based off uh, an Asian horror film. Yeah. So when I remember when Asian horror started to come into prominence, they were bringing all these new tropes. And they seem so fresh to me. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate that. Because they did remake it into an American movie, no? Which Dark one? Water? Or no? Oh, are you talking about? Were you, are you talking no, about? No, because I'll talk about the Asian one. Oh, okay, cool. You, I was gonna. You confused me. <laughs> I was gonna say the the Asian one is better. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 made an American version. They did, it. right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm talking about the Asian. Like Jennifer version. Connelly was in right, it. Right. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Your girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Silly. Um, it's okay. Christian Bale's my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Um. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, but Dark Water was the Asian Next. version. The Asian version. Yeah. It's good. The, a lot of that Asian cinema is is so. It's just, it's so different. Yeah. So I feel like I'm peering into this other world, this other culture, which which I am, and so I'm I'm always constantly thrown off because I'm so used to, kind of, the usual habits of American yeah. cinema, American horror cinema. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, um, my next one. Is the Devil's Rejects? Yeah, I was gonna put that too, but I didn't. Oh man, I love the Devil's Rejects. I, it, it's funny. I remember seeing House of a Thousand Corpses, and uh, I remember that movie was getting a lot of buzz. Uh, you know, and it was Rob Zombie's first, and I thought it was good. And I, I, I appreciate. I still, do, with everything he does, I appreciate how much he knows about horror. Yeah. And how much he knows about 70s cinema. Yeah. Yeah. One of the reasons I really wanted to put Devil's Rejects in there is because if you compare Devil's Rejects to House of a Thousand Corpses, the amount of growth is, yeah, it it blew my mind how how much better of a a filmmaker he had become between those two films. For me, it was definitely like a modern day, almost Texas Chainsaw. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah, and and you can tell he wears his influences on his sleeves, but he sleeves, but he knows them. You know, he knows that stuff so well, and he does bring new things yeah. to them. And you know, these characters are so brutal, but yet, you know, when you're sort of rooting for them, which is which is probably the most disturbing aspect of Devil's Rejects. Um, but yeah, I, I had to put it down because I, I feel like. 
his his uh, his abilities started to really blossom with Devil's Rejects. And I hear they're making a third one with those oh, characters. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm looking forward to, to that. So do you have another one? I don't. I didn't keep okay, them. Okay, I'm, I'm going to give you so another bad. one. Okay. I'm going to give you another I'll one. Be, I'll, I'll keep them all on my list next time. I know, The thing is, is I don't put them in any particular order. All right. I'm going to give you another one that you, you've talked about. You talked about in episode one. But it's also part of the, the time period. Um, the Collector. You talked about it a little bit. Yeah, I love The Collector. Yeah. I mean, if you... That's 2009. Barely yeah. makes it. So. Wait, but I said it... Oh, because I said it in, the, in my favorites, right? Yeah, okay. you said it... You said it in the ones that define you as a, right. yeah, as a horror fan. Well, again, The Collector is a good one if you like um, Saw-like puzzle-type yeah. horror. Um, but this one's done just... Uh, it's done very differently. Um, yeah. And it, it's I, just a really good horror film. Yeah, and it... And it it's you know it's got all the slasher tropes as well, but but then it has the intellect of Saw, you know, and the, yeah. kind of the craft of Saw. Okay, so my next one uh, is Let the Right One In. Oh yeah, shoot, that was on my list. Sorry, my bad. I love that was on my list. Let the Right One In on my I, actual list. And I, I and I, I feel like it's one of those movies like Pan's Labyrinth, you know, that kind of ascends beyond your average horror movie. I um. It's an amazing coming-of-age story. Um, I guess it was really successful. It's a Swedish film, so it was really successful in Sweden. And, it, and the novel it's based off of um, was also very successful. Um, I think it's a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic horror film. I think it's a fantastic coming-of-age story. Yeah. I, I like, think it's a fantastic um, young love story. Yeah. Like it has a lot of different things intertwining, like, like Del Toro's movies. But it serves all those different yeah. elements really, really well. Yeah. Um, so um, the the story is about uh, a young boy who's growing up in Sweden, who's hitting that awkward age of you know twelve, thirteen. He's being bullied. Yeah, and he's being bullied, and um, in his apartment complex, complex, he meets a young girl who's around his age, or he thinks is around his age. And she kind of helps him. Um, and they start to have feelings for each other. You know, again, coming of age story. But under the surface, there's a lot more going on with her. and um, Dark stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I should re- even reveal. No. Because I, I think the title is really vague, too. Yeah, so. it is. Yeah. So highly. Yeah, that was, I, 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 for some reason I skipped that, but that was on my list. Yeah, I highly, highly recommend this movie. It's one of those horror movies that you can you could and you could you can uh, recommend it to anyone because it's a great film. Period. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's, Both versions are good too. Uh huh. The Swedish yeah. and the yeah, American. Yeah, there's there's an American version called Let Me In. Mm-hmm. Um, that was also really really good. I prefer the Swedish one, but I yeah. also did like the They're American both one. Pretty good. And and culturally i think they just had to kind of adjust it a bit for culture yeah but they kept the spirit of the original and some really good young actors in both of of the films Mm -hmm. um yeah so i gotta say my props to let the right one in that's 2008 yeah uh do you have any honorable mentions well no because i didn't keep them well i mean i gave you some of the ones i thought were Were there ones you wanted to talk about from episode 
the first episode, uh, 2010 to, mm-hmm. to current. Cause, cause there's a couple that we talked about. We never really mentioned, uh, in that episode. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw them at you. Okay. Okay. So, and you can just react. Okay. okay. Uh, one of the ones we talked about, uh, and this is from previous episode, 2014's 13 sins. 13 cents. 13 cents. Which one's that? The, the, when the guy gets the phone call. And oh, that's a good one. That one's, that one's great. That one's, that one's oh, has the yeah. craft of Saw. That one has the craft of Saw and then has a lot of social commentary with what are you willing to do when you're down on your luck? You know, oh, to kind man, of improve that's your a life. good one. Yeah, that one, that one I thought was great. So it great. starts off with a phone call, with a contest. Yeah, and it's a young man, like, you know, a guy probably almost hitting 30. Yeah. Hasn't set the world on fire. I think he's about to get married. And his he just doesn't have his life in order the way he wants. Um, yeah, and so he gets a phone call with a challenge to make some easy money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but once the rules are, once you accept the first challenge, then you have to agree yeah. to all of the challenges. Yep. All 13 of them. And they get just more horrible as it's, you go. It's so funny when he starts the the whole contest. I'm like, oh man, any anyone could fall into this because I remember the first few things are really simple like kill a fly and Yeah. And, it just gets worse and worse and the guy on the other side of the, you know, on the other side of the phone, it is he's so sadistic. Yeah. It, it's that movie. And I think you pay with well, no, never mind. Yeah, don't don't say anymore. But yeah, that movie one flew under everyone's radar. I've talked to people about it, and they have no idea what I'm talking about. And it is one of those really, really great, clever horror films. It's up there with Saw. Like I, oh, I yeah, think, for sure. I think it has the same level of craft. And I remember watching this movie and being about halfway through and thinking, how are they going to sustain this level of cleverness? I don't know if they will. Hopefully, they don't ruin it. You know, you know, like when you watch a yeah. movie and you're like, you're loving the movie and you're like, please don't, please let the, the last parts of it be just as good. This movie is just as good all the way through. All the way through. All the and way through. And it's sad through. because they left it open-ended for like maybe a sequel, but because it didn't really catch on, I don't think they it went anywhere. Yeah. Which is too bad. But check it out. It's a really good one. 13 cents. Yeah. N- my last one is Antichrist. Antichrist. Yeah, see, I knew you wouldn't remember that one. Let's see, give it to me. So that one um, is with Willem Dafoe, and he he's he's having issues with his wife, and he, he she's kind of losing her mind. So they go off they go off to this um, remote uh, cabin to kind of have a restful weekend together, and all hell breaks loose. Like it is. Really weird. And that's two of them after you watch. It's super nightmarish, dude. Like it is. Oh my god. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. No, it's coming back to me. It is one of the, and and I'm gonna keep it just that vague. But it is one of those horror movies that is so artfully shot that it reminds me of my own nightmares. Hmm. Like there's there's parts of it where I'm like, this is so surreal. Like. It's surreal and beautiful. Like, what, what am I watching here? Like, it um, it kind of disorients you with what you're watching, and and but then there's moments that are very physical and 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 uh, really dark between the two characters. And there's a, I'm gonna keep it very vague, but there's a there's a scene in there 
that is so, so, so dark and shocking that it's one of the reasons the, the movie has been banned all over the place. And Whoa, you will I, I know you watch this again. You will know when you see it what I'm talking about. We're going to watch that tonight. It is, it is a scene, a mutilation scene. Let's just keep it that way. That is like, oh my God, I've never seen anything like this. And yeah, it's, it is a scary, <laughs> it is a scary, uncomfortable horror movie. Like, mm. it, you know, and again, it's one of those movies that you could look at it and go, wow, this is, this is a really artful, this is an artful film. But then it's slithering underneath all that, and it it's willing to go places that are really. It's interesting. Really William Dafoe grim. would do a movie that. Like yeah, that. yeah, and he's great in it too. Like, yeah. I really kind of like vaguely remember it. I'm gonna, we're gonna have to watch that. Yeah. Again. I would love to see it again. Well, <laughs> I have to prep myself for prep yourself. Those, we're gonna watch those it. particular moments, but yeah, it's it's definitely worth seeing. If you missed it, I think it flew under a lot of people's radar as well. Um, Let's go back to 2010 and uh, to now, because there's a couple that we talked about that we didn't, you know, like the 13 Sins, which I think is a what was such a cool movie. How about Green Room? Remind me, Green Room. Green Room. Green Room is the one where the punk kids they go to play a club. Oh yeah, in the woods, and it's all it's like a neo-Nazi, yeah, uh, like skinhead. That's a good one. There's club. a there's a well-known actor in that one too. Uh, Patrick Stewart. Patrick plays, Stewart. He plays right. like the main guy. He plays a baddie. Yeah, and he plays him so well. He does. Like, so He's really creepy. good. Yeah, super creepy. Yeah, it was like, interesting to see Patrick Stewart that way because, you know, you see him as the captain. Yeah, and I love when they take a, a theme like punk music, you know, and infuse it and kind of infuse it into a horror movie and give it its character. It's like Devil's Candy did with like really hard death metal, you know. Yeah. Here it's all punk, you know, and then kind of the aspects of punk music. Yeah. Um, that was know, a good one. Yeah. That, I, I, oh my God. That movie is so, so tense. Like, very tense. Phew, a lot of it tense takes place brutal. in one room and it. You know, and what's going on behind, uh, on the other side of the room. Oh, man, it's so... Brutal killing. So good. Yeah, and it, the shit comes out of nowhere. It's it's so cool. I have one more. I have one, I have one <laughs> the more. never-ending podcast. <laughs> I, I have one more. I, I just... No, I I'm kidding, I'm kidding. These. I wanted to mention oh. these. Yeah, you should. Um, so, actually, I have a few more. All right, I'm just going <laughs> to throw them at you. I'm going to throw Lord. them at you. Okay. Um, 31. I love 31. Rob Zombie's yeah, most I really recent like horror 31. movie. I really like that movie. So good. So it's good. It's really good. Yeah. I like Rob Zombie. I, I like him too. I like his movies. I like I, him I too. enjoy them. I think they're the they're like the Texas Chainsaws and uh-huh. um, Halloween, fun Halloween, John Carpenter. Slasher. Yeah. And he, I'm sorry, but he introduces some of the most disgusting characters mm-hmm. ever and i think he's willing he's willing to be a little more Dirty. he's willing to be a little more comic booky too like yeah this, this movie felt like a, a like a graphic novel yeah definitely but still really brutal very uh, brutal but, but good story of, you know fun not yeah, good like some of the killers crazy, are really weird they look like they're they're somebody's sketch i'm sketches. telling you he has the grossest grittiest <laughs> yeah. characters but it all works not 31's a good one i like that movie yeah um, this last one I really liked, and I Uh-oh. I feel dirty for saying that I really liked yeah. it, but the Green Inferno, Eli Roth, remember Green Inferno, the okay. cannibal movie. 
where the plane oh yeah the plane goes down and then yes. they get captured by cannibals and I it's all love young that movie man Dude, I love that movie. That movie made... I remember you, you and I were even saying when we left the theater that, that you felt physically sick. Yeah. yeah. Physically ill. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, when it, was that? Well, that was... The, that was... That's more... That's more That's more current. That, I'm just going back to the, yeah. to the first episode. That, you guys, if you have not seen that movie, it's a weird title, but for what it is, I think, because it's called The Green One. Yeah. It's called The Green Inferno. Green Inferno. It's yeah. a really disgustingly great horror movie yeah and it and you can tell i mean eli roth knows he's he's got horror in his blood he knows it he knows every all the subgenres you know and it's his take on those really really grindcore um uh, the 70s uh cannibal movies yeah so it's like his version of that yeah the this there's so many scenes that are really bad like really like ah god so gross make it stop there's so much make it stop there and you know it's it it also kind of um it kind of toys around with uh you know how how some people are kind of holier than thou and you know it's oh man it yeah it dep- depicts the whole um um like environmentalists you know activists you know weekend activists kind of thing and yeah throws them into <laughs> throws them into the the green inferno like it's oh man yeah, it really is really good Look yeah. for it. It's a good movie. Look for it, but you know, it's not for the faint of heart. No. It's not. Don't be having not, dinner while you're watching it. It's not for the casual heart. Which fan. we always is, tend to do that, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Oh, man. I was, I was, you know, it's funny. I've been watching horror movies since I was a little kid, and I still cover my eyes. Like, I still oh, yeah. peek through my fingers because I love horror movies so much. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, and this movie, there's so many parts in there where I'm like, oh, fuck, why am I watching this? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, oh, man, really effective. Very. Had to mention that one. Yeah, that's a good one. So, yeah. Good job. You killed it. And now, our feature review. Okay, then, uh, it's time for this week's feature review. It's the Netflix original movie, Velvet Buzzsaw. Yep. So the synopsis is, after a series of paintings by an unknown artist are discovered, a supernatural force enacts revenge on those who allowed their greed to get in the way of art. Well, that's actually a very thorough (laughs) synopsis. Um, It's interesting. We had come back from the holidays and, you know, everyone was talking about Bird Box and this movie came along and I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I love the themes of this movie. And Tony I got, Collette. Yeah, and I saw the the trailer, trailer, and I was super excited. And I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna really like this movie. And I told you about it, but I told you not to watch the trailer because there's a lot in the trailer. And I was really, really looking forward to seeing this movie. Uh, and we saw it. Uh, what did you think of it? Like, what are your first impressions? Well. I like the art stuff, obviously. Like the, all the art in there is is good. Yeah. I thought the the portrayal of pretentiousness was funny. Yeah. Um, I remember I even asked you if that's how the fine art world is, and you said it was a little heightened, but it was funny. Like some of the the little stabs it took. Yeah. Um, and had a great cast, like you said, Jake Gyllenhaal, Rene Russo, Tony Collette. Great, great, um, great cast. Bunch of other. Big cast, John Malkovich. Um, it just didn't bring the horror, though. 
Yeah. Unfortunately. It's, it's interesting because <laughs> I'm kind of schizophrenic on this one. Like, there's aspects of the movie that I really, really, really enjoyed. Like, the the humor and the satire of the art world and, you know, these characters in, in the story. Um, but, you know, they're clearly trying to make a horror movie as yeah. well. And I think the horror aspects of the movie are the most unsuccessful parts of the film. And I, I almost feel like I wish I could chop the film in half mm. and take the art satire part and make a series out of it, make a, make a Netflix yeah. series out of it uh, and keep and amp up the humor even more. Cause I think some, some of the writing's really funny too mm-hmm. and clever and well thought out and then take the other half um, you know, the horror part and give it to Blumhouse and just say, take this and run with it. We trust you. We, we know you guys know what, how horror is. Well, that's the thing. It had really good horror ideas. Oh yeah. But they just didn't get there. Like they didn't follow through. There were, you didn't see any of a lot of, or you didn't see any of the kills really. Yeah. And I, exactly. I think you're, you're hitting on something. So they clearly wanted to do a more stylized take on horror kills. Um, but I don't think they were uh, experienced enough to do horror kills. No. So, for example, you take something like uh, Suspiria, which we, we talked about last week. Yeah. Um, that first dance sequence, if you were to put that in this movie, they would have just had the dancing and then the person fell over. Exactly. Like whereas in the in the in Suspiria they show the gore and the pain. They show the brutality. Right. They show moments of brutality. Um and I feel like in this film that when key pivotal characters are, are dying, you don't see any of that. So it's almost like a, they're sort of embarrassed of the horror moments. Yeah, I don't know. It I mean, felt really weird. It did feel weird. I think maybe they're because it was very, you know, in the artistic world. Maybe they were trying to make it more artistic, but then don't call it a horror movie. Yeah, or don't go there. Don't yeah, go to or, that place. Yeah, because it could have just been a funny, yeah, weird, it, it was or strange kind of, yeah, take on that world. Even with the paintings, yeah, that in that the, revenge, but. Right, there was so much great commentary on the art world that that was that part of the film knew what it wanted to do. Yeah, and somehow they tacked on mediocre horror elements to that. And I think, I think this is the kind of movie that read really well. Like when you read the script, you're like, "Wow, this is really renegade. It has a lot to say. Uh, it's inspired." You know? Yeah. But again, when the horror elements came in, I don't, I think there was a lack of um, experience in that area in that realm. That, Definitely, like that how it to follow didn't quite through. work. Yeah, it didn't quite work. So again, <laughs> there's aspects of the movie I really like, but they're they belong in a different film. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I mean, I oh, would watch it. It's but this is a great. You know how? Not for a horror movie. Let me give you an example. This would be like if you were to take the movie Clueless and the way Clueless is this satire on 
privileged privileged teenagers mm-hmm. and you threw in like a really mediocre slasher in the middle of it it wouldn't be a great yeah. comedy right it would right. would be kind of flawed and i feel like this movie um it it ta- it takes on the art world in the way that uh clueless did but it's so funny and and uh it has some really memorable lines in the film yeah and some really great observations about the art world and what artists want and what all the parasitic people around them want. Mm-hmm. Um, and that part I really, really liked. But whenever you saw the moments of horror, they felt really amateur. Super amateur. And It was disappointing because there were some really, like I said, there were just some really good ideas. Yeah. If they had followed through with the, like you like to call it, the teeth of it, yeah, they would have been really good moments. Yeah, exactly. Scary moments. Yeah, and and it's sort of like I, it also reminds me like the kills they become um, progressively more and more stylized, and it sort of reminds me of when like you know when when the Freddy films they kind of crossed over into mm. so being so stylized that they at times forgot to be scary. Right. You know, like yeah. And I think this movie—I forgot it was a it horror forget, movie. It forget it forgot it had hard horror movie uh, aspirations. Yeah, like, like and it, I, I could see how it would be easy to to forget that because the satire part was so interesting. You know, I, I think the the movie I can kind of relate to it the most is probably like American Psycho. But American Psycho, when the movie goes off the rails. And goes into the horror place, it commits. It go. It goes there. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm looking up the director, and he doesn't have a lot of horror movie cred. Mm. So maybe that's why. Maybe this is the new arena for him, Dan Gilroy. Yeah, and and I admire the the risk of of doing that. Um, but yeah, I I just I felt like it wasn't quite there it didn't quite succeed and and it's unfortunate because i think there's some there's actually some really good performances in the movie oh my, too. they were all really Jake good gyllenhaal was really great yeah there His, was also zoe ashton she was really good yeah she plays like a a young ambitious um wannabe uh art broker and yeah she's really driven and just kind of obsessed with succeeding and Jake Gyllenhaal's performance was amazing. Yeah, his his body language was completely different, and just everything about him was really was really and different. He plays like a really po- um, top top of the his Food field. Chain. Yeah, um, art critic. art critic. Yeah, who yeah. everyone kisses his ass. Yeah. So you know, it's interesting because I I would say that this movie for me is worth a watch because um, it is an interesting film. But I don't think you'll be satisfied with it from an art, uh, from a horror standpoint. Yeah, I agree. But I do want to take the time and talk about this movie a little bit more uh, with spoilers involved, because I I find a lot of the themes very interesting. So I'm gonna signal the the spoiler alarm. Okay. Beware! Spoilers ahead. 
now I can really dig into to talking about this, this film. This is totally your thing, right here. Art. Yeah, it is. I think you've been a getting lo- that little art head shake right now. Yeah, well, there's there's a lot of really great themes in in the film, and there's a lot of great lines in the film that ring very true to to kind of the art world and how artists thinks versus how critics think. Totally. Um, and how partners of artists think. Yeah, and all that. Um, one of the things I really liked, um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, he's a critic. And I really feel that with criticism, it's it's very easy to become jaded and cynical because people are bombarding you with content to um, to give your opinion on. And I think um, that's that's his character struggle. He's so such a success, um, and everyone cares about what he thinks that he's kind of become a little numb. Yeah. And you know, th- there's there's a couple of moments that I really really like where uh, he finds out, um, you know, one of the artists has um, that he's critiqued has been in a car accident and. He he's he's sort of numb to it. He can't even really like feel anything anymore. And then he even he even makes a joke without knowing he's made a joke. Right. And they they pointed out to and him. And it was a revenge review. Yeah, and um it's such an interesting take on criticism, you know. So it, it's it's I think that's what's particularly interesting. It's like he's losing He's losing the taste in his mouth mm-hmm. for everything. Like, and then um, it's like every character, every main character, there's a sub theme to to them. Oh yeah. You know, so like Jake Gyllenhaal has the numbness uh, and kind of losing his sense of taste, and then Renee Russo is kind of a classic sellout. She used to be this punk musician. Yeah. That's where the name Velvet Buzzsaw comes from, and now she's extremely wealthy, materialistic. Um, is she's an art um, manager? Yeah, like a yeah. broker, like right. a broker. Um, and so she's become everything she she you right. know, used to not stand for. And it's it's I think that's what's interesting about the movie is that each one of the characters there's a sub theme there, and I think that that richness uh, makes the film really thought provoking. Um, John Malkovich's character, he's incredibly successful. He, all his pieces sell for millions of dollars, but now he's he's numb and he can't create. And that's the only thing he seems to care about. Yeah. And I think that's really, really interesting. Um, there's a couple of pivotal moments in the movie that really pissed me off. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I want to hear as that. A, as an artist. Okay? okay. The scene where Rene Russo tells someone that the artist that they found you know the the artist with the the evil paintings that he wasn't prolific that really pissed me off because i feel like you know a painter like him the way he's being depicted he was painting ravenously yeah on his own and he didn't even give a shit if people were looking at the work well he never released it right right That's the whole thing. right yeah he was and he was he was wow. kind of struggling to cope with all the the inner turmoil that he had from his his childhood. Right. You know. So it really bugged me that she did that just to jack up the price of the paintings. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the biggest slap in the face you can give an artist is to tell him he's lazy or uninspired. And the reality is is that they have 
countless paintings of his. You know, that, yeah. that uh, the other scene that really, it didn't piss me off, but it, it was funny to me was when um, the young broker, when she says, well, what's the point of art if no one sees it? And then the young artist, he just looks at her. He doesn't bother explaining. He kisses her forehead and he leaves. Yeah, I, it's Josefina. Yeah. Jo- the, the, Played by Zawi Ashton. Yeah, the Josefina character. She's just driven by ambition and and materialism and all that. And I think, to artists don't start doing art because of that stuff. Right. You know, I mean, I, I, I you know, the good ones, I think. Uh and I think there's a lot of little th- moments like that where the artist is championed, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, if you watch the movie again, we're in the spoiler zone, none of the artists are killed. Oh, yeah. None of them. Only the people exploiting. Only the people... That's right. Only the people hovering, or hovering around the art. And then what I love is that when the artists see the art they're mesmerized by it. Like, they can see the power in it even more so, and they're envious of it because they're trying to reach that stuff too. All those things in this movie are really interesting and and different and well done. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just such a shame that the other aspect of the film was not as done well. My favorite line in the movie is um, Josefina, because she's the um, up-and-coming art broker yeah. who finds the paintings. Yeah. Um, and she dates artists, and yeah. they always somehow screw her over. Um, and, the, and I would love when she said, um, I'm done with artists. I'm not going to date one again. I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember exactly. But she was like, they're already in a relationship, which is a hundred and ten percent so true. <laughs> yeah, that that line was really good. It, I don't think it's entirely um, accurate. I think, but it but it does speak to something. I think um, art is an internal world, and everything that hovers around the artist is all these external things, all these external forces. So. But really, to to find great art, you have to kind of go inward, you know. Yeah. And it doesn't involve others. But I, I think, <laughs> I think the the writing and you know, there's some really really clever, um, sharp little uh, lines in this movie mm-hmm. that I, I think are so funny and yeah, and really great. Yeah, it was that part of the movie was really good. It was just one of the first kills was when. Um, that guy was washing his himself because he had an accident, mm-hmm. and the painting comes to life and c- kills him. Right, but they never show the kill. Right, I think that's a that's a or blood, nothing. That's a key moment um, that showed me kind of how they're not quite in tune with with horror. I think you take, you know, the idea of like these, they're they're these painted monkeys. And they grab this guy, you know, while he's trying to wash his hands in the sink. I think uh, a horror sequence, the monkey would have uh, harmed him somehow and then pulled him in. Yeah. You would have seen the harm. Right. You know. Bit his face off or something. Yeah. And then, okay, you pull the guy in 
show us the painting after he's in there. Right. You know, you like, don't even get that. Yeah. It, there was just a lot of stuff like that. Um, yeah. And even like Jake Dylan's Hall's death, um, you don't really quite see it, you know? And this, you've been following this character this whole time. So when his moment comes, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of yeah. limp. They just missed a, some really good opportunities to have a really scary horror movie. Yeah. Because all of those things were good ideas. Yeah, the very way they good died. ideas, yeah. But again, they didn't follow through on the horror part of it. Yeah, or they could have done something like really bold like like for example, the you do see the spirit of the dead artist. You see him in certain scenes. You know, you could have given him a monologue. You could have some, you know, Gyllenhaal could have gone face to face with this, the spirit of this dead artist. And he could have done this great monologue about art yeah. and then killed him. Yeah. <laughs> like um, almost like a, you know, like a pinhead monologue, mm -hmm. you know, something, something uh, thought provoking. Because I think that could have been really interesting and more horror, you know. Uh, I just think where it, it all landed was a bit unsatisfying and a little, yeah, it just kind of missed the mark, unfortunately. Yeah, it while, did. Yeah, while other parts did not miss the mark. Yeah. That's, those are always the, the more frustrating I know. ones. It the, was frustrating. Those movies but, I mean, that could have almost been. Yeah, I, would, I mean, I, I think, you, you know, everyone out there, if you want to see it, you should. Just don't expect a horror movie from it. Or, or no, just don't expect a horror home run at all. Right. Just expect a, an interesting satire of the art world. Um, but yeah, I think I think we uh, I think we've shown with these two episodes that there's tons and tons of new horror movies, and just in these these last two decades alone that are w well worth looking into. Uh, what do you want the new episode to be about? Hmm. I, I, I want to do the foreign ones. I think that would be fun. Do you want to do foreign? Because I, I, I put down, like, we could do a zombie episode. We could do a vampire episode. We could do, you know, well, women empowerment. We'll get, we'll we get do, back to you. We'll get back to you. Okay. Because, yeah, there's so many other themes. But, it, but I'm glad we did these first two modern uh, decades to show people that we absolutely worship horror movies and yes. we're always looking for new ones hopefully we introduced you to some that you hadn't heard before or tossed up yeah and and uh hopefully you guys will introduce us to new horror oh i can't wait for that yeah horror movies that we haven't seen because that's kind of part of it you know to to create a space where we can kind of stew in our fandom for horror and kind of share oh i found these movies oh yeah did you find this you know like that's what it's all about because otherwise Otherwise, you you sit through so many bad ones and uh, yes, we do. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's part of the fun. That's part yeah, of the fun of the date night. Absolutely. Too. And there, again, there's still a ton of great ones. But okay, I think we're done. This, Thank you for listening. Yeah, great. Thanks for listening, everybody. Scare you later. The date night horror show is written and produced by Enzo and Reina. Follow the show on Facebook.com slash The Date Night Horror Show. Find Enzo and Reina online at 
the date night horror show.com